Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in once again, and it's going to be a good one tonight. Uh, Jack and I are going to get the party started, and then later we'll be joined by Cobra's captain and former host of Pipe It Up, Drew Davis. And it's uh, always interesting when Drew stops by, so should be a fun one. And this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, I hear you're bringing a story to the show tonight to, to get the viewers uh, excited right away. Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of just wanted... It was just something funny uh, that happened this past weekend that I I think would be, you know, worth sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we... So this weekend, I... Uh, well, first of all, I should start by saying the Magic had some plans to do some extracurricular activities really? this weekend that unfortunately uh did not go as planned Aww. due to due to uh, uh an equipment failure uh with trevor bonham's car oh, and no. he was he was the driver for him and jordan and unfortunately we were not able to meet up this weekend but That's we do we do have a uh a rescheduled event i'm not going to tell you guys what it is exactly and we'll <laughs> share some pictures and maybe some videos with you guys on the pipe it up That's podcast funny. but it's gonna be a fun time I need to get it's a mallard to get time. together. I, I was thinking about it. It's crazy like how fast the season's approaching. And I was like, yeah, about a couple more weeks, I'm going to be texting the boys to start throwing again. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just something, you know, as you guys saw last year, the Magic at points maybe didn't have the, the best chemistry on the field. So I think uh, doing some stuff like this and, um, you know, connecting outside of wiffle ball hopefully will translate a little bit on the field. For sure. But, um, but yeah, so... Instead of that, uh, what I ended up doing um, with my wife actually was go hang out with her family and nieces and nephews. And we had a little surprise for the nieces and nephews uh, at the mall. So um, some of you guys, I'm probably going to be dating myself a little bit here, (laughs) but uh, Tom, have you ever been to Build-A-Bear before? Oh, man. If I have, it was a long time ago, Jack. I, I want to say one of my two sisters may have had a Build-A-Bear or something similar. I'm sure I've yeah. been inside of one because I think the mall used to have one. I don't think they do anymore, but our local mall near us, um, I think, used to have a Build-A-Bear store. So I'm sure I've been inside of one. I know what kind of goes on in there. So that so you, you kind of lead right into my story. So you know, I, I went to Build-A-Bear. I mean, I'm not even ashamed to admit this. Like I went to Build-A-Bear as a youngster. It uh many times uh i built many a bears and uh it was always a great experience they had this huge store in the mall all these different accessories you could get for your stuffed animal it was a a whole process where you really like as a kid it was just like so awesome you know Mm -hmm. and it was super elaborate um and so that's kind of what i was expecting to be walking into and um my wife was expecting that as well And so we're walking around the mall and we pass this like tiny kiosk looking thing like in the middle of the mall. And I mean, it says Build-A-Bear on it, but it was like, there's no way that's Build-A-Bear. Like it it can't be Build-A-Bear. Like the branding looks similar to how it used to or is it like new logos? Yeah, it was the same like branding, but it was just like so small Mm -hmm. compared to what it used to be. And uh we we were just in denial basically like there's no way that's actually build a bear like where's the store in the mall mm-hmm. we're like going through the directory like <laughs> looking where it's like looking where it's going to be and like sure enough 
that was what build a bear what was left of build a bear and like it was funny because um you know we even called ahead to see like whether or not they were still there and they're like yeah "Yeah." and then we showed up and that was it but like the funny part of it is or the you know my reflection on it was like your thoughts as a young child right like i had the greatest experience going to build a bear with what i knew was build a bear Mm -hmm. you know this huge extravagant store and nieces and nephews they were completely content with this little kiosk they were like they were so ecstatic you know what i mean like there was it was uh like a kid in a candy store you know what i mean but to us it was like oh what a letdown yeah. like this is just not <laughs> this is just not what build a bear used to be but it's like it's kind of just a lesson on expectations i think no it you know is. like sometimes we got to have sometimes as 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 we grow older we got to uh we got to really like manage our expectations and and sometimes think like a kid you know seeing something for the first time i know like it could be it could be anything and to that kid it's like spectacular you know what i for mean for sure i mean there's probably so many places that were like that as a kid that i'm thinking of right now like for example i can remember i used to love going to this place that was uh you know about 15 miles from my parents house and it was called castaway cafe Loved and it was it. like a jungle Loved gym it. okay you're familiar but for people who Loved are listening it. it's one of those places where definitely designed for kids um, and it was like a giant, think like a McDonald's play place times 10, you know, it was a giant jungle gym with like nets and different ladders, slides, like little bridges that were, I don't know. It was really cool, but I bet you Jack, if we walked in there today, we'd be surprised by how small it is. I bet I've you. also done that. Have you? I also, I did that probably, um, because there's maybe like five years ago, mm-hmm. I went into one for some reason and I was like, well, first of all, I was like disgusted because it was just, I mean, there's just kids are just like, they just spread germs uh, yeah, everywhere. I and I mean, this place, you just got like the ick just like yeah. walking into it, just but also seeing bacteria yeah, filled but air. I, I just remember as a kid going through there and thinking like, you know, the possibilities in this jungle gym were endless. Oh, yeah. Like it was just like a never ending maze. Mm-hmm. And then you go in there as an adult and you're like, you realize it's taking up this like you know 60 by 40 space yeah. or something it's like super small yeah but yeah that's no, it's, that's another great example like, i don't know it's probably a combination of a lot of things too but i think a lot of times like those core at least in my opinion like some of your core like really fun memories as a kid or like they stick with you and you like glorify those over time You're like oh, i wish because you can't go back to them so like you make them right. like, feel like they're better and better but unattainable but for a lot of different things take movies for example because last year um they re-added Monster House to Netflix. You guys have seen that movie or not? I don't know. But I remember as a kid, like, I loved the movie Monster House. I, like, thought it was a great movie and all this stuff. And then I watched it back as a 22-year-old. And I'm like, this is the strangest yeah. movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> did not enjoy it at all. So there's a lot of stuff like that, I think, that, once again, your brain, over time, and over years, when you think back to memories, you, it, you make them better than they actually are. But it could also yeah. be, like, as a kid, you did think it was that great. So I don't know. For sure, Yeah. No, I mean it was obviously that story wasn't anything like spectacularly funny or whatnot, but I just thought it was a pretty like reflective uh, opportunity. You know what I mean? Well, for sure, yeah. For all of our younger audience listening, you gotta just yeah. cherish those moments because like cherish those older, moments and much. and yeah, and understand your expectations going into things because it can definitely impact your attitude and outcome, right? Like if you, uh, it's obviously important to like have you know relating this like back to sports it's obviously important to like expect high performance like of yourself or of your team 
But at the same time, like you have to be able to manage those expectations because if you're just setting like unrealistic like goals or other things you're trying to achieve, um, it's probably not going to work out well for you. Yeah, it's hard. I, I mean, I've like studied a lot of different successful people who have different mindsets and different pieces of advice you could give, you know, but I definitely think in terms of goals, like setting achievable goals, they say is a good thing, you know, things that can actually yeah. be accomplished and you can put a check mark next to it at the end of the year. But I like setting home run goals too. Um, so I think it's a good balance of both. But anywho, thanks for sharing your story, Jack. I appreciate it. I'll have to check out Bill. Was this at the 12 Oaks Mall or where were you? Yeah. I'll have to yep. check out the Build-A-Bear stand next time I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I was just in there too, like two weeks ago for my computer. But anyways, um, let's move into some MLW topics here. Some breaking news, may I say, that was announced on Friday or Saturday of last week. I can't remember. Um, not really a huge change, but still some league news. Um Commissioner Kyle Schultz posted an announcement regarding the draft starting next season. So this, this rule applies in 2024 and moving on as of right now. And it states that teams are not required to make a draft pick each and every year. You, are, you have the option to either opt in or opt out of your draft pick. So say, for example, the Pacific Predators are number six in the draft order in 2025. Um, if the sixth pick rolls around and managers Ryan Cratch and Alec Warda are content with their roster as is, they don't think they want to make a draft pick and then just not utilize that person. They do. They are not required to make that pick. And then, kind of similar to a waiver wire system, you know, the seventh team on the draft board would then make their selection without the Predators having to pick. So, yep. for some teams, that may not change much. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Jack, as a manager. I'm sure you can share your thoughts when I'm done here explaining things. But um, for other teams who like their roster and are trying to build something with the guys that they have and don't think that you know adding a seventh guy to their reserves is necessary, um, then they don't have to draft. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, this is a pretty manager-friendly rule, I would say, right? Because yeah. if we were continually, continuously going forward and... Uh, being, f- you know, being forced essentially to draft someone, add a new player to our team, um, that the only outcomes, you know, the rosters are only so big, so the roster management problem is is exasperated by that, you know, as the years continue, and it's not necessarily that you know we're we're not we haven't been adding talent in these drafts, right? We've consistently been adding talent. Um, it's just like okay, so you know, you're forced to draft uh, a kid and then now, you know, your roster gets so big where it's like you got to cut a kid that you drafted like the year before Mm -hmm. or one of the guys who's been there for years and is like a staple of your team just just so you can draft someone else. So logistically, it doesn't really make sense. And I I think this was really like the only direction we could go. Um, Obviously, the question comes up of like, well, why don't we just do an expansion? Mm -hmm and and have more teams but um you know like a lot of things that's it's easier said than done and i think eventually mlw you could correct me if i'm wrong tom but i i think eventually we want to expand and have more teams in our league but um eight you know the number eight is is working for us right now for various different reasons so i don't know i i think this was um not a huge deal, not a huge change, but a necessary one. Yeah, that's well said. That's well said. I mean, yeah, there's there's pros and cons to it, like any decision, right? 
Um, and Kyle and I weighed those decisions uh, pretty heavily, you know, weighed the, weighed the options pretty heavily. Um, you know, for me as a manager, if I'm p- speaking personally, like I'm always trying to get my team, you know, better and better and better. So, you know, it can be tough sometimes saying, okay, well, I've invested, you know, two or three years in a guy and he's starting to get better. Do I draft a guy and, you know, just scrap what I've been building with this other person or do I um, not use this new player, that kind of thing. So it's definitely tough to manage and, I don't know. We'll see. Once again, like this year, I have two picks. I plan on, I, I have to this year, but I still would plan on using them both if it was like mm-hmm. an opt-in, opt-out situation. But that could change in the future. I don't know. And in terms of what you said about expansion, I think, yeah, we've covered that pretty heavily, I think, on the pod, you know, sprinkled in throughout episodes throughout the last, you know, two years I've been doing this or whatever. And yeah. um, of course, that's the goal, right? I mean, I think Kyle and I can pretty candidly say that's we would love to expand in theory. But because of things I've already discussed before, it can't happen quite yet. But as long as the fan base keeps building and you guys stay loyal and keep supporting us, of course, we're going to be able to expand um, as we are able to. So right now we're yeah. sticking with eight. Not sure how many years eight's going to be. Could be one more year. Could be four more years. I don't know. Um, and I would. I don't think we're ever going to go from like eight to thirty. It'd be like eight to ten if we were to expand or eight to twelve right, type right. thing. A small expansion. But I mean, yeah, you can look at MLW from 2011 to now. We started with two teams. Now we have you know, eight, and I'm sure it's going to keep growing as long as the fans keep growing. As long as you guys want the content and, and the fan base keeps yeah. growing, the league's going to keep growing too. So, um, I, yeah, it's I, still yeah. coming. I don't want anyone to see, like, oh, they're never going to expand. That's not true. Yeah, and I think Kyle also pointed this out in his post on Instagram. Um, but, you know, ultimately when we started doing the draft, it was to just get the best possible wiffle ball product on our channel. Mm-hmm. meaning the highest talent that we could possibly gather, you know, within our resources, within our means of, you know, that being like location, travel, like all that stuff. And, you know, if you think back to the, 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 all, all you, you know, day one fans or people who have been around a long time, you know, we had teams that were, um, you know, and no shot to any of these guys because they might be listening, but <laughs> uh, I'll bring up like the Seahawks, for example, mm-hmm. like love those guys. For those of you guys that remember the Seahawks, like that they, they were consistently, you know, a team that like struggled and it was it was um, fun having them on the channel. Right. But like ultimately we wanted to have the best possible talent across the board, which I think, you know, this past year, in 2022, we have seen the results of that draft, right? Mm-hmm. You you had the Diamondbacks who were um, basically had their backs against the wall. They're the last team to make it into the playoffs on their side of the bracket, and they ended up winning the whole thing. So we've talked about like the parity in the league before on this channel and I or on this podcast, and I think um, you know the draft was a testament to that. Now, with that being said, it's kind of like that was the objective of the draft and we feel that we've made it there. You know what I mean? Like the talent across the board in the league is, is phenomenal and to continue to add people um, wouldn't necessarily like raise that talent to the next level. Like it would kind of just be like we're replacing or, you know, removing some players that are already in existence and have already been established in the league or our personalities, you know, on the channel. So um, I think, you know, I just wanted to like expand on that. Cause I think Kyle mentioned that briefly in his post. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely another reason for this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans have, you know, a variety of different thoughts about it. And, um, 
you're totally entitled to have your opinion on whether you think it's a good idea or a bad idea. Once again, we, we might get to the 2024 draft and maybe nobody opts out. I don't know. I guess it'll depend on how team seasons go and um, you know where rosters are looking like. Like For example, right now, I kind of mostly stuck with a group of three guys this last year, myself, Caden, and Jordan Robles. Um, Davenport was kind of our fourth man. Now with two more picks, that'll be six guys that I kind of have. Uh, that's a full roster right there. How many I'm going to play in each game, I don't know yet. Moving into next year, I'm going to have another one pick as of right now, so that'd be a seventh guy. You, you never really know, so um, yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know. A year from now, we'll be talking about who's in, who's out, right? That's right. That is right. But I'm curious to see how the dust settles on this, like I said, and uh, how it'll affect the league moving forward. We also will have a couple more, just so you guys are aware, all you Pod Squad listeners, a little, uh, little inside scoop here. There'll be a couple more league announcements probably throughout the next month or so, as well as maybe some little MLW in-game rule changes. Nothing major, but a couple different things that we're fine-tuning as the years pass. So stay tuned for that kind of stuff, too. I'm sure we'll keep you guys posted and in the loop. And it is now time that the lovely and famous Drew Davis, your former host, joins the show. Drew, thanks for, thanks for coming on tonight. <laughs> as he dabs like it's 2015. Thanks for having me. The dab... When was the dad popular? When was Cam Newton doing that yeah. in the NFL? He's got he was scoring tutties. Um yeah, I think probably like twenty sixteen. Will the gritty outlast the dab? I think yes. I don't think it should. You don't think it should? No, I don't know how no not everyone can gritty. Everyone can dab. That's true, but that's kinda of what makes the dab cringy though, is because then people that probably shouldn't be like, doing it are doing it. You can also like mini dab. I was a big like full elbow, like Head in the armpit, kind of dab, kind of guy. Oh, I very still dramatic. Day, yeah, I still to this day dab whenever I sneeze. Just a little achoo. <laughs> it's funny how those things come and go. I think I like the gritty. Like I said, I think the gritty. There's a little bit. Uh, you gotta have a little bit of rhythm and and step a little pep in your step for that. So it's uh, it uh, it's uh, the barriers to entry are just a little bit more difficult to where it's not quite as so cringy. I think Drew. I think Drew is right. I think the dab will definitely outlast the gritty because I'm still seeing people dab, and I mean, you could dab if you were in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? You can't <laughs> gritty in a wheelchair, so it's like it's timeless, really. Anyone can do it. Like I said, the barriers and, to entry are it's a lot yeah. more accessible. It is a lot yeah. more accessible. It's so easy. It's just like never gets old, kind of. Okay, it's fair. I could teach a toddler <laughs> how to dab. I can't teach a toddler to have rhythm. That's true. Very true. But. Well, I guess we know how Drew's doing. Feeling good still? Enjoying life? Feeling good. Are you? Freshly shaved, haircut. Yeah, no yeah, mustache right now? No, I got. I stopped that. Will it come back for the season? No, people were telling me, people were giving me dirty looks on the street. <laughs> so did you trade the stash for a perm then? I think it's his natural hair. Yeah, he's got the natural <laughs> curls. It's incredible how curly your hair is. Yeah, I... Uh, if I don't put stuff in it, it just frizzes up. Um, so I had to learn how to do that. I also had to learn. It was a whole process. It was like a year process, unlearning everything I knew as a child, learning how to sh- learning how to wash it, what to wash it with. Dude, I've been to trying to. I've been trying to learn my hair for ten years and still have not drew. To be honest, come to the come to the beauty school dropout school over here at Davis. I, I will gladly. I will gladly. Well, the thing is, my like, okay, your hair is curly, right? Or at least it yep. appears that way. My hair is like in between where it's like not curly enough to just like let it go curly, but not like straight enough to where it's easy to style. So I'm just kind of stuck in no man's land. I have to keep like the perfect length and nope. thickness for it to work. Yeah, the thing is, though, is you have a nice 
you have a nice head of hair. Like, do I? I? Can already t- <laughs> nice set of gray hair. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've seen your dad. He kind of looks like Michael Imperioli. But yeah, you got like your dad kind of has that vibe. And I don't know if you're Italian or not, but you kind of have that. I don't think so. I'm I, I look fully Polish. My mom is Polish. You got a little Aizan in you. No, I do not. I do not. I do not have the Italian swagger that I, I would love to have it. I would love to have it, but I do not. Would it be possible to get some get some flow out of TC3? No, dude, because I'm saying it's just kind of nasty. You, okay, so here's... It just gets curly. Have I, made, have I made the steel wool comment on this podcast before? Uh, not to my recollection. I know what you're saying, Tom. I, I feel you. Yeah, so completely. as Drew is... I, as you guys know, I'm getting the gray hairs up to four confirmed, possibly more. <laughs> um, and my dad, his brother, both have the gray hair. And um, we joke that we have steel wool because if you guys know what steel wool is, it's like a brand of a Brillo pad, essentially. So it's kind of yes. like that gray slash black. It's the salt and pepper color. It's coarse, wiry hair. And trust me, Drew, when I go in to get a haircut, you know, I haven't, I don't have like a specific barber or anything. I usually just go into a, a local place, whether it's like a Lady Jane's or whatever. And um, I can kind of see like as soon as the woman, whoever's cutting my hair, like puts her fingers through my hair, she kind of gets like a look of like, whoa, like, <laughs> like it's thick coarse hair man and they're all like wow you got a lot of hair i'm like i know and i get this thinned out like every two months and it's still like that so i have not figured it out if you got answers i'd love to hear them but trust me i ask questions i'm not shy about it when i'm getting my hair cut and i they're all like well good luck we can talk about it a little later because it's it might it might i'm gonna have a lot of questions for you do you oil how often do you wash your hair how often okay yeah we'll we'll, we'll save that for a different episode maybe maybe a patreon video possibly drew and tom discuss hair products (laughs) I will. Say, Jimmy can Jimmy can uh, moderate that conversation. Very important to find a, a person who cuts your hair that you like. I lost one dearly. It, I moved out of Grand Rapids, and I still miss Tanya. Hey, um, no one will ever top Tanya. Fair, totally fair. Shout out Tanya. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Drew, let's talk some whiffs now. Um, we're, we're kind of in the thick of the offseason here. Honestly, we're approaching the, the season more than we are the offseason at this point. We're, we're almost getting through it, but... Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about kind of your stance now as a player and as a manager in the league. Um, we had you on after the World Series. We just Jack and I discussed how you know you've matured a lot as a manager and as a player, and how that benefited you and and led to you um, winning Manager of the Year and that kind of stuff. So, as a player, though, you're still very good. You know, I think you're one of the best bats in the Cobras lineup. Oh, thanks. But I want to know, like. How do you gauge your like personal success moving forward as Drew Davis in the league? Is it more so about how the team is performing and how you balance that, or is it more about you as a player? I know for me it's changed a lot over the years, and I'm curious as to where you're at right now in, in that headspace. I mean, personally, I felt pretty washed last year until I until we played the Preds in the ALCS, and I hit those two homers, and I was like, ah, I still kind of got it, even though I only, those were like my only two hits. I think I was like. <laughs> team with two bombs but hey bombs make you forget all the bad strikeouts so 
Um, I would say personally how I measure success would be like number one, how the team does, um, which like it didn't used to be like that, complete transparency. Um, like I used we we would like win when I was a kid and I'd be like, Yeah, I still played like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, now I just kinda care about do we win? I think like defense, like if I make an error on defense, I'm like I'm really mad at myself. Um I would say like homers. We got Sean and we got uh Sawyer to get on base a lot, but just let me hit some homers and uh now like next year's successful season for me, I say would say a stat line would be like what I would consider like minimum for my success, like anything over would be successful, obviously, but like my minimum baseline would probably be like a batting average of like two fifty. Um and then like I would say in like regular season, six homers. That's I thought you were gonna say six. I feel like that was that was the number this year kind of to beat. Um Yeah, I hit three though, so kind of a fail, but then I hit two, so in the playoffs, so I was like, it's okay. No, nah, but with where the pitching's at in the league, homers are huge. I mean, I kind of put an yeah. emphasis on that for myself, switching from left-handed to right-handed. And if you got a good arm and you got a good arm on your team, you got two good arms in your team, Drew. A home run can win you a game. So those six homers could be Facts. six wins right there. So Yeah. And the last year I was just a little lost because, like, again, it was like one of only two years I haven't played baseball in the same season that I was playing with a ball at, which, like, kind of like because I always feel more comfortable – in both baseball and in wiffle ball when I'm playing both. So, like, the fact that I wasn't playing baseball last summer, I just felt off in the box because I wasn't seeing constantly a projectile coming at me except for when I would play goalie against my best friend um, and he would pepper me with lacrosse balls. Um, But it's a little bit different of an eye angle. So, I I just felt uncomfortable in the box, like, all of last year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, by and large, the decisions that you made as a manager worked out well for your team. Obviously, you guys made it to the World Series. Um, I think you're, you know, you kind of got there riding on your pitching and and the batting is sort of like what let you guys down maybe towards the end of the year. Um, And I I was just reading through some comments and a a lot of people were wondering why uh, we didn't see more of Baranowski at the plate this year. Um, I don't know if you wanted to like expand on that and if that is going to change this in this upcoming year at all. Because he sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was more of like a personal thing. I don't know. I have like a very strong bias on it. Like throughout, even in baseball, but in Wiffleball too, like, I've always felt better if I just have to focus on one thing. Like personally, I always felt like if I was, whether it was baseball or football, if I was doing well defensively around the mound, I wasn't hitting well. Or if I was doing well hitting, like I wasn't pitching very well. And so like, to me, I always just like, I like when people just concentrate on one, I think it's better if you just feel like for Baron, I didn't want him. I told him, I was like, I don't want you to think you have to carry us with your bat. I want you just to focus on getting punch outs shutting people down and like just focus on your role on the mound. And the other thing with Brendan that I also talked to him about was like, the one thing that makes it hard on like with him in this league is because the field is so condensed and a lot of ground balls, he just can't beat out. Like he, he doesn't have the speed as like say me, Andy winner or, or Sawyer. 
And so, like, I noticed when I was watching videos, like, he was just, like, most – if he hit a ground ball on the ground, a lot of times it was just out at first. Um, so, for him, it almost, like, felt like sometimes homer or bust. Not, like – I think it's different in, like, tournaments or KWL because it's not base running. Uh, that was just something I noticed. But I did plan on having him, like, after the World Series, like, that's the one thing I wish I would have actually, like – well, there's, I think there's two things I would have done differently. But that was one of them. It was, like, I wish I would have – put Baron in the lineup um, just to switch things up because none of us I, – I would have done it for Sean because Sean was just – like with Jimmy's slider, he just couldn't get to it. And I think Baron actually hits the slider really well. That's the one – I just was tunnel visioned. I was so focused on like other things. Um, I, I wish I would have put him in. But in the future, like next year, I plan to get him some more at-bats early in the season to see how he does. Yeah. I think yes. for me – for me next year, like I think like the AL is gonna be such a dog fight. Um like, I think we're just gonna be beating each other up and what's our our schedule for uh, out of conference would be the Gators and the Eagles. Correct. Uh so like I think if we very if we capitalize on beating the Gators especially, um we can give ourselves some like leeway and uh, a, le- a bigger leash to like get some losses early on. So maybe that we can like try out new lineups and stuff like that um, with Baron being a part of them. That makes sense. So you're saying just trying to capitalize on the games that you consider winnable and being able to have then a little extra cushion in terms of making the postseason and being able to test out some guys throughout the year. Yeah. And I just, I, when I, again, I told him, like, I was like, it's a, it's a personal thing. Like when I was on the mound and if I gave up a homer, I was going up to the plate next time, like thinking like, I've got to get it back. I've got to hit a homer now. Or if I was like at the plate struggling, I'll be like, all right, well now I have to go shut him down and throw through and strike out the lineup to strike out the side. And it was just bad for my mental space and it would affect my performance because I'd be trying too hard at certain things. So like, I just told him I'd, I'd personally would just rather you have focus on one thing. I was like, I think me, Sean and Sawyer can carry the lineup enough. So I just focus on pitching. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you mentioned Baron's speed and with the dimensions of our field and also just as we've talked about on this podcast before, the advancement in skill defensively that teams are starting to play with, speed is definitely more important, which is why I'm so excited to have like Kurt, a guy like Curdy on my team because that kid actually is like lightning. Um, who's the fastest kid on the Cobras? Oh, I would say Andy. I, w- I would say it probably goes Andy, me, and then a crapshoot between um, <laughs> Sean and Sawyer. I got no clue. Interesting. Sawyer's, Sawyer's like athletic and agile, I feel like. He can boogie down to first base. Yeah. I would like to see a race between you and Sean. I would like to hear what Sean has to say about you saying that you're faster than him. Do you disagree? I don't necessarily disagree. I guess I I don't I don't know if I've seen enough to to go one way or the other. Yeah, I'm not I think sure. my length helps a little bit too. True. With the short base pass, because like I take like three strides and I'm there. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, Drew, back to your comments on Baranowski and how you were thinking back on the World Series and regretting your moves. I mean, it's so hard. Hindsight's twenty twenty. No series are happening so fast. Like, I felt the same way after the NLCS. Like, I kind of regretted how I managed the lineup. And it does stink because, like, that was in your control in the moment. And you didn't, you know, you don't think you made the right decisions. So you it's, screwed the pooch. 
I don't know about that, but I definitely wish I would have done things a little bit different, like throughout the entire season, to be honest. Um, I don't know if I talked about this or not, but I mean, I will. But in the NLCS, I probably already gave props to Jimmy for putting in Jonah Heath against us for like two innings just to show us something different. And him having the trust in Jonah and the confidence in Jonah to go out there and, and get outs, I think could have been the difference in that series because we were all pretty much starting to see Jimmy really well in that game too. And just those two at-bats against Jonah, I think, threw me off just enough to not be able to square one up against Jimmy in Game 3. And I wish I would have had yeah. the confidence in a guy like Caden or Brendan Davenport to put him out there and to do the same thing to the D-backs to change their eye levels. But those guys just didn't get that many reps during the season, so it was hard for me in that moment and the adrenaline going on to say, like, yeah, Jordan, get off the mound and let one of these guys go. So, yeah, stuff like that, when you think about it, looking back at it, it's tough. What are you most excited for, Drew? going into the 2023 season? Mm, uh, I would say, well, it all kind of depends on one. It kind of depends on, like, one thing. Andy, like, originally was, like, all in on this year. He even, like, called me. He was like, he was like I'm, all, I'm all in. I was like, all right, let's get it. And then I, like, I saw on Twitter, like, he entered the transfer portal, and I was like, oh, well, this throws a wrench into my plans. So I was, like, most excited to get him in, like, constantly, like, every game. I was most excited for playoff Andy because, like, I don't – it's been since 2017 that Andy has played in the playoffs. And he was good. Though. No, 20, 2018. And so, like, I want to see him in the playoffs because he would make a big difference. Like, he has speed. He plays good defense. Um, and he gets on base, like, just – like so, sometimes he has, like, the worst strikeouts you'll ever see. And I just, like, I'm like, how did you ever play baseball? <laughs> Um, but so he just gets on base and he hits clutch homers and he just brings the vibe together. Is it looking like he's, uh, not going to be around then you sound like that was a, a thing that has now faded. I just don't, I don't know. Like I know he had a job interview, like in another state at some, at one point, I don't think he's taking it, but I'm like, he could sign with another college for grad school to go play his fifth year of football i'm not really sure to be honest like we, we don't have that much communication like we maybe talk once a month or something but um i wanted to ask you that what's what's been the uh the dialogue amongst the cobras clubhouse throughout this offseason pretty quiet i know jack mentioned earlier on the show that uh i mean the magic are getting together so you've been in touch with your cobra boys it's been pretty quiet um like not to like put a sad and note on this like the first time in like a while the Cobras talked was uh when the events at Michigan State happened and we were all just kind of checking in on Sean mm-hmm. uh, but other than that yeah it's been pretty quiet uh I've been talking to Sean's like Sean's kind of like my right hand guy right now so like I'll relay stuff to him about um potential draft stuff um just team related things so um yeah i would say like that but our communication has been pretty light i mean i know like i'm pretty i'm busy i'm super busy right now um and i'm assuming like sean sawyer's in his senior year of high school um sean's working i get an engineering degree which tom i'm sure you can pretty busy. uh he's pretty busy talk about how he probably is <laughs> um so yeah, we're all pretty busy dudes. So once the season starts rolling around, I think once like the draft starts getting like to be a big thing, that's when we'll kind of start, you know, getting in that mode. 
But mm-hmm. yeah, to be honest, like I've gone back and rewatched some videos, but other than that, I really have not like I've ta- I know who we're probably drafting, but other than that, like it's it's kind of been like a on the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say for me, communication's also been kind of light with my players. I will say, and I'm not blaming anybody. I don't know who's to blame, but Caden and I had like a hundred and forty day snap streak going, and on Saturday, three days ago, I no. opened up my Snapchat and there was no longer the flame in the number. And I don't know who's to blame, but we lost it, boys. And oh, we're, gonna, no. we're gonna try to build it back up, but ours went by the wayside too. <laughs> we had one. <laughs> Seems like there's one common factor here, Tom. I, I I said I wasn't pointing the blame at him. It might have been me. I had a busy weekend. So. No, I'm saying, I'm not saying you. We never had a snap streak, but okay. So we never. Oh wait, you and Caden. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were blaming me between me and you. I was gonna say I didn't think we had a streak going. Maybe no. Caden took a day off of the snap. Must have had a busy Saturday, and we lost it. We lost everybody. The only time you ever Snapchat me is to uh, send me a video of some clip of the scene or some scene of the office that you're watching. Yeah, I mean, you confer about the office sometimes. Also about deodorant, which is weird, but funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost texted you the other day for the Super Bowl me, me party. Drew, like, I was to, like, my right pit is going. Like, yeah. It's gone. Me and Drew like to confer about toiletries, whether it's hair products or deodorant. It seems like that's our common thing. Nice. But hey, nice. you gotta have you gotta have certain people for certain things, right? Certain conversations. And Drew's my guy. Exactly. Drew, for the record, update the the woman's deodorant thing. I feel like after about five days, it kind of started. Fade. I gotta go back to degree again. I think it worked you know, for been, a couple days. I've been rocking an Old Spice Alpine that I really like. I've been. I've I don't really care about the smell. I'm caring about. I'm talking about performance. I don't want to, to let me <laughs> down. Good, that degree. It's it's a good performance. I've been gaming it for about three months here. And it's Three been months soft. strong, yeah. Wow. Hang on, did we just did we just brush over Tommy talking about using women's deodorant? Jack, hey, desperate times call for desperate measures, man. Why though? What's the logic there? My logic is this, Jack. I feel like if I so I'm usually a degree guy, and I feel like if I use the same deodorant for a span of a long time, like three months, whatever it is, after a while, man, it just starts letting me down. As, as Josh Peck says in Drake and Josh. He, my antiperspirant has failed me. That happens. <laughs> you have a blowout. And so my theory is that if you like switch it up to a different brand, like it like it confuses your body a little bit. And it it kind of works. It's like weight training. Yes, exactly. So my parents, they're Costco shoppers, and they have like this dove deodorant that's in bulk. And I think it's women's deodorant. It doesn't have like a too feminine of a scent, but I think it's designed for women primarily. So I grabbed a stick of that and tossed her on last weekend for the Super Bowl Sunday, and I was dry all night. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, Tom, oh. not to shift gears, because very important subject that we just covered, but it got, remi- it got me thinking about something in the background. Did you have anyone on your team at Cooperstown who was just a dog at collecting pins? <laughs> Where did that come from? I was the dog. Yeah, look behind. Yeah, look, look behind you. I know. I have all 104 teams. No, but dude, okay, with this kid in our team, this kid straight up had like he had all the teams. He had like seven umpire pins, and then he also had the John, like the Charlie Hustle. Did he get the Commander the Pete? That was the one I didn't get. He got all of them, dude, and he had like extras. Like this kid was going ham. Yeah, well, that's because I was doing the same thing. I was being really stingy. I was being not a good kid. Like every single, 
on the very first day, I would tell every kid, I'm like, yo, I don't have a lot left. You got to get me two for one. So I was getting two from like every team and I had a bunch of extras and that way I had enough Dude, leverage to get all 104. We almost got light up pins, which would have been sick, but we didn't. Yeah. I wish our pins were a little bit more expensive looking too, but it's all good. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. 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 No, it's, it's all good. It's all good. This is why we have Drew on. I told the folks in, my, in the intro that whenever Drew comes out, it's interesting. We talk about hair products, deodorant, Cooperstown pins. Uh, communication with the fellas. What else? I don't know. There's so many different topics we cover when you come on the show, Drew. That's why they love you. Sorry, Jack. How do you feel about uh, Bryant's strong start win against print or win against Providence? Almost win against Boston U, and they have new domes. I'm pretty sure, as well as a new uniform contract that is not Adidas. How do you feel? Yeah. Um, obviously. Couldn't ask for a better start beating the Friars. Those are our uh, cross-state rival. So always nice getting a win against them opening the year. Tough one against BU. Dogs fought hard. Um, but, you know, it was a high-level high level game. And as far as the equipment and the jerseys go, man, I just I missed it by one year. <laughs> like, those those jerseys are so sick, and the helmets are so clean, and I'm – I'm getting uh, videos and Snapchats from my buddies who are still on the team of like all their, you know, their lockers and like what they're decked out in. And yeah, their new contract's sweet. I mean, Adidas was Adidas was really good for apparel. Um, but basically, other than that, you know, like their jerseys and stuff were like, eh. and now they're now I think they have um, I think they have warrior gloves and everything and warrior helmets. Uh I'm not sure what their jersey, what brand their jerseys are actually, but they're so sick. They're very cool. I'm interested to see what their away jerseys look like because, yeah, the home ones are clean. Yeah. Second thing, uh, Tom, I've been hitting the gym pretty hard recently. Been making some huge strides. How's the um, hip flexor? Bench, hip flexor is pretty trashed right now, but <laughs> I, I figured out an alternate to squats. I've just been reverse lunging, which, again, been making some huge improvements with the reverse lunge. Um, and the bench has, has just gone up exponentially. I'm almost, I'm getting to, I'm on my way to two plates. May we be there soon, but we're, we're so close. Well, wow. fun fact, I'm very jealous of that because I actually have an MRI tomorrow night drew on my chest. So 8 45 PM oh, MRI God. tomorrow night. I don't think what it's going to be a terrible time news. for I know. an MRI. Isn't that crazy? Oh How is my that even gosh. Possible? That is terrible. But I feel like it's kind of good because you'll be tired enough to like lay there and be chill. Yeah. My MRI took 45 minutes with my arm above my head like this. And like, it was the worst thing ever. They said they had music. They gave me headphones. I put on the headphones. It was just static. It was the worst. Got to use your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough. But yeah, hopefully mine breeds good results. I think a couple of different things could happen. The best case scenario, I guess, is they say there's actually nothing too damaged. You just need some serious physical therapy or rehab or rest. I don't want to rest either, but. Worst case is there's actually something wrong that needs to be repaired, and then I'll have to make the decision if I want to do that after the summer or before the summer, but let's hope it doesn't come to that. Um, so I'll keep you guys posted. I think I have my results appointment on Monday, so we should have I should have results by next pod. So I'll let you guys know Ooh. what the status is. Um, but, Drew, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah. Crazy hey, episode, but Jack, a lot of fun. Jack, you ever want to shoot some, shoot some balls to the old strings, I'll step in between the pipes. Hey, just let me know. Just let me know. I'll be there. We'll get you an elk out there and just have a little shootout. Sounds great, brother. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, guys, it's going to wrap this one up.
I also go see Dr. Michael Page for my dentistry needs. And uh, see you guys next week.